this time on episode 341 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we discuss Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 8, After, Before. I'm David S. Dawson from The Intellectual Podcast, a show that spotlights creatives from all walks of life, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other incredibly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for your Schedule Debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, July 16th, 2020, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast timeline-wide in the sky via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Michelle, happy National Corn Fritters Day. It's been so long that I've had a fritter. I can't remember. I think it was a fair. It's always a fair. It's got to be a fair. I think I had a fritter at some, you know, my daughter, when she was in high school, she was dancing on the dance teams. I think one of the parties, they had corn fritters there. I think that's the last time I had. So a couple years ago. They could be tasty when done right. That's right. And this national day comes at the behest of one of our listeners. So I just want to shout out a daughter girl right now. She wanted it. She went into the national day calendar database. She found this. That was a day that we were recording and she said, I want this on the show. So we're like, okay, that's fine. We'll do it. So if you have a national day that you want to hear from when we record on Thursday, so you got to pick a a day that's on Thursday on the national day calendar, go ahead, get it to us and we will discuss it on the show, including tasty corn fritters, which apparently Adana girl is a big fan. of. With that, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of time math. If you'd like to talk to us about doing time math in public, you can find our contact information on our website, legendsofshield.com. If you'd like to talk about timey-wimey stuff, you can leave us a voicemail at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. If you'd like to leave us a message about just converting seconds into hours and trying to figure out how long it's going to be for train A to meet with train B in different years, you can leave us a message on our Facebook page at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D you want to leave us a comment on our YouTube channel all about how to do excruciating time travel math, you can do so at youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the gunnageek.com podcast network, Stephen John Drew, the owner. Agent Michelle, it is just the two of us tonight. Agent Lauren is on assignment, and 
Actually, Agent Haley is on assignment too. Things happen. Things do happen. You know, work goes long. You end up getting tied up and, you know, doing the Black Widow thing of having your captor actually monologue in front of you so you can get some great information. Then, you you know, escape the chair and beat the crap out of them and go on back to headquarters with all the information they just monologued on. A good agent always has the patience to let the villain finish their monologue. That is true. That is true. At least on screen. I don't know if that's true in real life or not, but on screen, it seems to work out quite a bit. You get so much information just by sitting there. You do. You know what you get a lot of information just sitting there on? What? Listening to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast talking about the latest Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode, in this case, after, before. Should we get to it? Yes. Okay, here we go. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 8, After Before, was broadcast on ABC July 15th, 2020, and made available on Hulu on July 16th, 2020. Michelle, who directed the episode? This episode was directed by Eli Gonda, has five directing credits starting in 2010, including one husband's, the outfield, and one episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And also writing this episode is husband and wife team. We're talking about James C. Oliver and his wife, Sharla. So James C. Oliver has three writing credits starting in 2015. One episode of Stephen John Drew, the owner of the Gunna Geek Network's favorite show, Under the Dome. Two episodes of the webisode series, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, and seven episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was joined by his wife, Sharla who has four writing credits starting in 2015, including five agents of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Double Agent, one episode of Under the Dome, two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Slingshot, and eight episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Michelle, I think Sharla is the more prolific out of the two writers here. Not by much, but I'm pretty sure they're a team. I never assume... I work in education, so I never assume anyone's related just because they have, you know, the last name. Because if that was the case, then I would have had like 200 students with the last, you know, I had a whole bunch of students with the last name of Garcia. It's like, I don't think one family is that big. So it's like, I didn't know if they were husband or wife, brother or sister, or just a coincidence. Yeah, we've talked about them before on the show, and I have researched them, and I remember that they are husband and wife. Yeah, it's good they have a good working relationship. And speaking of married people working in show business, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is run by the husband and wife team of Marissa Tinkeron and Jed Whedon. Yes. Now, Michelle, we often talk about the episode in terms of the title of the episode relating the theme of the episode to the title of the episode. The title of the episode is After Before. And I got to be honest with you, it took me till the second watch. I've actually watched this episode three times, and I'll explain that in a little bit. It took me till the second watch to figure out what the title really meant. So Michelle, since I'm a little dense here, why don't you tell everybody what the title is about? Well, there are multiple meanings. First, we start like how the last episode began when Mac left and Deke left. We're back in, you know, the Zephyr and things are happening. So we're seeing what happened after they left. But before we caught up to him, so there's a whole bunch of timey-wimey thing. And then we went back to afterlife before we got there. And also before Daisy is born, I believe. 
That is correct. Which is a really big thing because if Daisy isn't born, see, it's the Max situation. If Daisy isn't born, then what happens? I think that's why they woke up Colson when he was half done um, in order to discuss that because it's Daisy's idea to go to Jailene. That's the first thing we should say. It is her idea because Jailene knows all about Inhumans, but they are going there before Daisy is born. That's right. And eventually we might get to a point where we have a back to the future sort of situation where Daisy has to get her parents together in order so that, you know, Daisy is actually born. You mean a deep situation? No, I was back to the future with, with Marty McFly getting his parents together. Yeah, but we already have Deke in that situation. He's trying to get... Oh, to make sure? Yeah. Again, we don't know if the two of them had had a kid yet or not. Fitz could be hiding out with their daughter right now. We don't know. Speaking of Fitz, where the Fitz is Fitz? I know, where the F is Fitz, right? Put the F in Fitz. (laughs) It's episode eight. We are more than halfway through. We have not seen or heard Fitz this entire time. The last time we saw Fitz was before the finale from last year. So he was not in the last scenes of the season six finale. Where is he? I have to officially say that all of us lost the bet because I believe all of us thought we would have seen him by now. Yeah. We all lost. That's the first thing we need to admit. I don't understand. It's interesting because Gemma ends up making that message to him at the end near the end because i really thought it was interesting how they had like the curve and how they were jumping and they ended up jumping to a point where they could end up collapsing in their own anybody timey timey mathy math type of stuff it was bad so they kept jumping which kind of reminded me of is it 33 minutes yeah 33 and a half Yeah, 33 and a half minutes Battlestar Galactica. Which I believe was the first normal episode of Battlestar Galactica. There was the four-hour miniseries, which I believe is considered episode one and two. And then episode three, which was the first normal episode, which came out about a year later, was 33 and a half minutes. And for those of you, okay, I'm going to spoil Battlestar Galactica right now. The ships had to jump every 33 and a half minutes in order to Cylons and all this type of stuff. and. It seems as though on a Zephyr, the timey-wimey, machiney thing is still on the fits. Is it? Is it? So I I watched it three times. So the third time I was watching it going, maybe this is where it was normally supposed to jump. According to Gemma, it's not. That it was actually damaged enough to where she actually says Fitz is not the one making us jump. No, no, no. Yes. When it was malfunctioning. Yes. Right. But at the end, when they fixed it then it could have been a normal jump. Possibly. The last jump in the episode. But everything is such a mess. Such a mess. <laughs> well, it's halfway through an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season. Do you expect anything less? Well, I expect it fits by now, I tell you that much. Yeah, that is true. So, mm-hmm. Also, in the expectation column, Souza is given his new prosthetic leg. So he doesn't have to hobble along anymore. Enver doesn't have to hobble along anymore, which he's done a great job of that, by the way, of playing somebody with a disability. 
which is great. War induced disability, basically a casualty, but he doesn't have to hobble around anymore, which again, I hate to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up in the essence of completeness that this could lead to Enver being in a scene in Avengers. We've been so wrong so far, just so wrong. It could happen. It might not, but it could. So who knows? Let's get back to the intro. You remember the intro, right? It was the time tunnel, the triangular time tunnel in 80s Tron-like graphics. I loved it. It was like arcade, 80s arcade level graphics. I loved it. And the first time I was watching it, so nobody else could live tweet last night as we were watching this. There was a bunch of ladies that went, SP? And so I went, fine, I'll do it. So I'm the only one who has access to the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. account that could live tweet last night. So I was live tweeting as I was watching it the first time, and I missed the intro the first time around. So it wasn't until the second watch through that I actually watched it. So let me get to the story of the three watches, then we could get back to the intro. I was live tweeting. Thank you very much to all of our Twitter subscribers out there that actually put up with me last night. I really appreciate it. I did my best, but I know. In my heart, I did not do as good as Lauren or Michelle in the live tweet. I'm sorry, but I try. Thank you very much for putting up with me. Because I was live tweeting and my attention was split between my phone and the TV, I decided as I was running this afternoon on the treadmill that I would watch it again, full length, same speed and everything, just to get the actual episode internalized. And then I watched it a third time making notes. So that's why I watched it three times is because I was live tweeting. Anyway, get back to the time tunnel. It was awesome. I really appreciated it. And I actually wanted it longer, but there was so much that happened in this episode. It was like the few seconds that we got in the time tunnel. I'm pretty happy with. What did you think about the time tunnel, Michelle? I thought it was great. It's really interesting. Tron is influential. When you watch it again, it's like it has aged well, but then again, it hasn't aged well. Yeah, because our understanding of computers has progressed to the point where you know that the grid, as they call it, is not really laid out well. And they try to fix it in legacy, but there's only so much you can do with the original content out there and still can it. Yeah, but you got to give it up for those Tron cycles. Those are awesome. They always will be. Do you like the original cycles or the new ones? Oh, the original. Okay, because I have ornaments of the new ones because Hallmark made ornaments of them, so I snatched them up. They made two of them, one yellow, one blue, and I've got them belt. Cool. I actually played a Tron video game, an actual arcade Tron video game. It was at the Galloping Ghost in Chicago. I was up there last year for Star Wars Celebration, and we went to the Galloping Ghost, and I actually played the Tron video game just because I like Tron, not because it's my favorite game, because it's not, but it was interesting playing the light cycle game and, you know, doing, you know, and stuff like that for about 15 minutes before I finally had my fill and moved on to something else because you only have so much time in the arcade and there's so many games that you want to play. So that was just one of them. Exactly. Did you understand the math? The math. Did you understand it? I understand it that it was like a half-life where it kept on progressing shorter and shorter and shorter, but Simmons had to get exactly what 
the degradation was in order to then extrapolate what the coefficient was for it to get smaller and smaller. So it took her, I believe, three jumps. I want to say three jumps. It might have been just two, but I think it was three in order for her to understand how much it was getting shorter in order to be able to calculate. It's an exponential thing with a coefficient in there in the degradation of it. So yes, I understood what they were doing. I didn't calculate it out myself. I didn't go, okay, is it was 427. I forget what it was, 400 and some odd days. So let's just say 427 days just for argument's sake on the first jump. But then I was thinking, well, if they jump again, it's going to be another 427 days. They already said they were only gone for 20 months. That doesn't add up. But the thing was the second jump was shorter. So if you take a look at the, they gave the dates Mm -hmm. and the first date was like May and the second date was like September and then it was October. So it was getting shorter and shorter as it was going along. Did you get that on your first watch? Yes. I do like the comparison to a half-life. I just thought it was interesting how she was able to extrapolate and make the time watch. So May would know that they had this amount of time to be in the air. I thought that part was cool. Gemma doing math is great. It was cool. And by the way, the watch just looked like a simple Apple watch. I don't know what generation because I'm not an affectionate Apple watches, but it just looked like a standard Apple watch timer that Simmons was setting. And then I got the feeling that there was some shield sort of wizardry going along with the Apple watch that it was able to put the location of where they would be at that given time. So Simmons was doing time and space calculations. So good on her. This is really Fitz's or Deke's area of expertise. And she was able to get it done just like the best of them. So again, she's more of the biochemical person and Fitz was more of the mechanical person. And I don't know out of the two of them who would be the time expert, but out of the three of them, I would think Deke would be the time expert. Or Enoch, who, um, you know, met a Neanderthal. I like how he just dropped. Talk about name dropping Enoch. My goodness. I actually met a Neanderthal and he's not a Neanderthal. Enoch's a Neanderthal hipster. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, poor Colson. So they haven't even completed his body yet, but they only have 20 minutes. They know that real time, they only have 20 minutes. So they get to the point where Colson, they have to wake him up in order to get his take on whether they should do a wave and not a ripple here because there could be implications for Daisy at this point in time. There could be other implications as well since they've already interfaced with afterlife. They know its importance in history. They wake Colson up and they're like, okay, buddy, we need your advice here as his legs are still being 3D printed. And he's just fine with it it's like well i'm glad you did my head first (laughs) thought that was great i thought it was interesting when he said he was thirsty yeah thirsty when he was max hedra being it by the way so he he didn't have a body he was just in the hard drive or whatever computer was running it he said he was thirsty that was interesting maybe he was thirsty right before he went in there and he just didn't have a chance to drink water and it was his state all along why do lmds need water 
this gets to the point of, is this an LMD or is this the essence of Coulson's actual soul and consciousness? Coulson's essence is like, well, I have thirst. I should have thirst. So therefore I have thirst and therefore I drink water. No, like, is this actual Coulson, like Coulson, the original Coulson or the resurrected Coulson? Cause that's what we had in the show, right? Coulson was in the Avengers and then he died and they brought him back. So that was resurrected Coulson, but it was still Coulson, like the original Coulson. And he had all the feelings and needs and physical stuff of an actual person at that point. He was an actual person and was just resurrected. Then he becomes an LMD. Well, then he becomes Sarge, but the LMD Coulson is back to the resurrected Coulson because that's where his brainwaves were taken from, from the framework. That's what I said. He thinks it's one of those, I think I should be thirsty. But is it his, is his soul included? Because if it's his soul included, maybe it's really everything Coulson plus the physical. I'm not doubting that it's, I just thought it was interesting that an LMD wants to drink water. I'm just trying to figure out if it's like Data, like Data could eat and drink and he process it in a way that would not hurt his biomechanical systems. So I'm wondering if an LMD has a way to process water and all that type of stuff. Apparently it does, like fully functional. Yeah. Maybe it's part of the coolant system. <laughs> well, I, if you're trying to replicate an actual person, which an LMD is trying to do, right? And if you get stuck at a dinner party, you got to partake with everybody else. Yeah, okay. So it's not really he has to eat. It could be more of a he can eat in order to seem more like a normal human. Okay, I know. Okay, I didn't mean to get stuck on the whole what is Colson? That's all right. Thirsty. As long as we're talking about drinking, you know, May wants some whiskey. A lot of it. <laughs> And wouldn't you, if, if you were May and feelings weren't your thing, and all of a sudden you had to go through feeling therapy with Yo-Yo, yeah, you'd want to drink some whiskey too. I love how it wasn't working for either of them. And so they communicated and worked through stuff the only way they know how, and that's through sparring. It was a great fight. And you're right, it's sparring. It wasn't a fight, but I'll just say it was a fight because it's just like any other fight on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with the fight choreography going on, whatever. And whenever she had to dodge a move or she, Yo-Yo, got actual physical contact or whatever through it, it brought her through the trauma that she has lived, it turns out, her entire life. And it just brings everything to the surface because as they're at Afterlife, she is tested. And we got to go back to the whole beginning there. But she's tested, found out that it is not chemical or there's no drug or anything that's taken away her powers it is just mental for her or emotional or a combination thereof and so she's got to go through this therapy so may being team mom and trying to get her power back because her power is the only thing that's going to save them at this point in time with the zephyr to fix the time drive and she's got to go through all this so she does what may does best and that's fight it's almost as though she, ha it's like a big case of survivor's guilt. All these times when, you know, it goes back to her taking the necklace and her thinking that taking the necklace causes, you know, her uncle's death and building up from there, you know, her actions and then seeing someone 
get hurt or dying as a result. It's really interesting how how that manifests into this. I took a little bit of time trying to figure out exactly what was wrong with Yo-Yo, and you're right. It's like survivor's guilt all the way back to when she was a kid. And it just kept on building and building and building to the point where she was always trying to having to rebound, right? Well, she finally dealt with all that guilt and she didn't have to rebound anymore and she could just go fast. So we have on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a Marvel property, we now have a female Flash. Well, not technically. I mean, I thought it was great at the beginning when they're like, you know, oh, you don't have your power. You got to prove it. And then she touches the diviner. And May is just like, does that little cough? And she's like, oh, yeah, this is a prosthetic. And she touches it through her cheek and it does prove she's an inhuman. You know, so she's not imbued with the speed force. But she has realized that she doesn't bounce back, that she can run forward. Yo-Yo, I love you, dear. But if you cause... A flashpoint? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, there's too much time stuff going on here. Don't do a flashpoint. This show can't handle... Okay, my brain can't handle it. Yeah, I don't think she's going to go fast enough to figure that she can reverse time, but anything's possible. Who knows? There's five episodes left, the final five, then another BSG reference there, and we'll see what happens with with her, and hopefully she doesn't turn back time. But you're absolutely right. When she picked up the Diviner, all the feels from that, I believe it was the third season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., all those feelings came back. It was like oh the diviner so they were talking about cherogen crystals and they were talking about the diviner and if she wasn't any human everybody knew what was going to happen but it didn't happen and since she had already been transformed like there was no mist involved or anything like that so nothing bad happened to her but yeah the old diviner with the graphics that went along with that as she touched it to her cheek and everybody's like yeah okay and everybody moved on at that point. Like, it's no big deal. We've been through this. But if this was the first time we were seeing it, we'd be like, <gasps> oh my gosh, what happened? But so all those feelings went through me when I saw it. And then I was like, okay, time to move on because we've done that story. We don't need to do that story again. Exactly. It was great seeing Jailene again. I like the actor. What's her name? Di- Di- Dyson. Oh, I can never pronounce it. Oh, neither can I. And I don't have it up right now on the screen, but it was great having her back. And obviously we're going to get her back at least one more episode, if not more. And we not, we just didn't get her. We got Gordon as well. The transporting inhuman that couldn't see. We got him back and it brought back, like I said, all those feels from season three and Because we know how that story ended in the original timeline, I don't know if it's going to duplicate itself now. I don't know. I I get an uneasy feeling like we're in an alternate timeline now and everything that's happened has been changed. And this might be their way out of being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe too, at least being in the same timeline. They have screwed so much up since three seasons ago. I know. And Nathaniel shows up and he convinces the one that, you know, first you think Cora is being, you know, mistreated, but you find out that Cora is just losing control of her powers. And Nathaniel's just like, embrace the anarchy. Just let go. Anarchy, by the way, is a Marvel character. Are you familiar at all with anarchy? Oh, it's been a while. It's not a major character in the Marvel 
comic universe, but it is a female character. So I'm wondering if Korra is going to be Anarchy, which the powers don't match up or anything like that. Anarchy isn't an inhuman in the comics, but I could see them doing a callback to Korra being Anarchy there. So we'll see. Nathaniel, he is a ruthless, evil guy. I was going to say son of a, but I decided not to. So he is very intense. I got to admit, I was really enjoying how he came in and how he just took charge until they started killing people in afterlife. But when he met Cora out there and he was talking to her, I'm like, this guy's making actually a lot of sense. He's personable, likable, and he's bringing Cora out of her suicidal moment there i mean this is not bad i and then of course they go ahead and invade afterlife with a bunch of helicopter troops yeah i thought it was interesting when may brought up the last time jarlene saw a quinjet she started a war looks like that war might be happening sooner it might be happening but remember now team shield is now allied with her they know how bad she is yet they decide to save her, I guess, in terms of history and that she's Daisy's mom. And they're now going to work with her. Because they have to. Right. Do you think, and I don't think we are, but do you think that we're going to get her dad, Calvin, back? Oh, man. Now, remember the last time we saw Calvin, he was doing his veterinary clinic and he didn't remember who he was, basically. Right. And... It would be great. He was played by Kyle McLaughlin, who yeah, I've been watching some old VHS tapes. One of the VHS tapes that I've watched, and I've watched about 12 of them so far, by the way. I have hundreds, so I watched about 12 of them all the way through. One of them had a couple episodes of Desperate Housewives on it. And I was watching Kyle on Desperate Housewives going, man, that was you know 10 years before he showed up on S.H.I.E.L.D. That was its own little time capsule going back. This is great seeing all these actors that I know from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and other shows that were interested in the geek genre in other situations and in other shows that I've seen them in in the past, and Kyle was one of them. I don't think they're going to get Kyle. I think Kyle is too expensive, honestly, and he has aged, as everybody does, and he might have aged too much for them to use as a younger version of himself. I don't know. Yeah, man, I just... I wonder if Daisy's going to make an appearance. Quake versus... Quake? Yeah. Well, she didn't have her powers until she went through Terragenesis on the show. No, I mean, she's on the ship. Right. Oh, Quake versus Jang? No, Daisy versus Nathaniel. Quake oh, versus okay. Quake. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got it. You said Quake, and I was like, that's Daisy. What do you mean? Daisy and... So you're saying Nathaniel is now a Quake. Yeah. Okay. Eventually, it's going to happen. Nathaniel, by the way, is not dead. He has very well controlled his powers because he was able to dismantle Cora's gun right in front of her. That was an awesome moment there. So he's got it going on, and he's not crunching his bones or anything. Exactly. I just hate that he got his powers by taking them from Daisy. She realized what happened to her is what happened to her mother. Let's talk about May because her feeling powers are getting better and better. And I think she is actually starting to regain some on her own. 
but she's still being overpowered by other feelings, including, got to skip back to the lighthouse when Mac and Yo-Yo reunited. So May experienced that outside the door. So there was space and blocks in between. And yeah, a little bit creepy if it wasn't for May, because you know May is not going to abuse that at all. Matter of fact, she was probably disgusted by it and just kept on moving on and probably happy for Yo-Yo too, but she decided to move on from there. But I wouldn't want my mom, if I'm a teenager, I wouldn't want my mom to have those powers where you have your mom able to feel those feelings outside the door, you know, and it's closed, which it probably shouldn't be as a teenager. But yeah, that would be kind of awkward. And May is basically team mom. So I think she played the role pretty well with that. But that was just an interesting tidbit where she is now feeling from a distance. And Jiling figured that out. You're not the first empath I met. No, I wonder what the other impasse are. Yeah. Like, we need more information on May. Is she going to meet other impasse to either train her or tell her what's going on? Exactly. We also get, I would call it another tender Coulson Daisy moment. Now, remember, Daisy was like the daughter that Coulson never had and was his protege. Daisy was his protege throughout the entire show up to season five. Because at the end of season five, Coulson hands the reins over to Daisy. She realizes she's not ready or being director is not meant for her. So she turns it back over to Mac. But that was their path that they went through uh, for five seasons. And they've been here before. They've been at the moment where they're both banged up before. And it was a very tender moment going through that where he is still getting 3D printed. She is still wrecked, but refuses to go in the pod because she doesn't know if she's going to be needed to move or something like that. And they just have a heart-to-heart conversation on the whole thing. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Did you enjoy that scene, Michelle? Yes. Their relationship has been one of the highlights of the entire season. Watching her growth and him become team dad. And yeah, that's how, that's why we call May team mom, because May is the one that ended up training Daisy to fight. And Daisy and Chloe Bennett can sure fight. Chloe having gone through and basically growing up as an actor on this show, going through all of the fight choreography that she has had to do over the years, because she's done a lot of her own stunts. It's kind of amazing to see. And I'm not too surprised to see her plane banged up on the show because she's been banged up on the show before. So she knows what that feels like. Souza has had an incredible chance to bond with the team now. He doesn't really understand the technology. He's in the future, but he understands tactically and strategically what they have to do. So when it comes down to plan C, so he has no option of trying to help fix the ship, but it comes down to plan C is like, Okay, I've done this before in World War II. We're going to jump out of this plane. That was great. And seeing him uh, line up all the parachutes and know what to do, that was great. He's really an integral part of the team, which I think if you hadn't watched Agent Carter before, and I don't know why you would watch the show, not Agent Carter, to be honest with you. But if you haven't watched Agent Carter before, you don't know Susan. So I think in this show, they've done a tremendous job of letting you know Souza from the beginning again and really getting to know him and what he means to shield and the team and everything even if he is without agent carter he was a highlight of the show for a reason i'm glad they were able to bring him back 
it's just kind of nice. You know, we didn't get season three of Agent Carter, but at least we get, you know, Sousa on the on the show. Yep. Also, Simmons leaves a message to Fitz, and we talked about that before, but the message itself was heartwarming. There's a lot of heartwarming moments in this episode, and she's leaving the message to Fitz saying something went wrong, I don't understand what's going on, that sort of thing, and no matter what, I will find a way to get back to you, which I think is important because we were saying where the F is Fitz. I think it's important to have those. Like We haven't forgotten about Fitz. She hasn't forgotten about Fitz. There are... Two peas in a pod. They love each other very much and they just have to go through time and space and hell and everything to be together. And she is not giving up. So I really appreciate that fact of that little note at that time in this show. And if we can't have fits, at least we could have that. And I don't know if it was contractual. I mean, basically, you found a news story. We won't talk about it in depth, but you found a news story that confirms that ian is going to be on the show at some point i mean he was on set so you would think he filmed some scenes and was on the show i will hope that we see him sometime in the future and that'll be good but i don't know like i said if it was contractual maybe because they didn't know that they were going to get this season he had already signed up to do like a movie or a play or something like that and he just couldn't be with them as they were uh, filming this so they, they had to find a way to write him out write him back in uh, so there's all that. Enoch. Enoch's a drummer. Of course. I mean, he knows Neanderthals. He can find the best, safest car and show up at the right time. Of, of course, he can drum. Do you think that they're going to go back to the lighthouse and Deke and Enoch will be reunited with the Deke squad? Maybe. Because they haven't gone anywhere. They're still there. The Deke Squad could be in the lighthouse right now. I mean, it's been a few months, but they could still be there. True. They haven't passed. Well, I was going to say they haven't passed all the way through the 80s, but we don't know where that final jump took them. No, but it's probably still in the 80s. I don't know, because May said she didn't want to live through the 80s again. So I think we're moving forward, whether that's to the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, present day. I don't know. Yeah. I had a great time watching this episode. I had a great time live tweeting. I don't know if it made it more fun for me or not. I love time loop episodes. And while this wasn't a time loop episode, it was kind of a time loop-ish sort of episode, right? Where you're getting the jumps, which are getting closer and closer and closer. It's just the type of sci-fi that I like. So I'm glad we got something on this on agents of shield was it my favorite episode of this season no but i think it was well we have eight so far it was i don't know top two or three for me but it wasn't the top one in the end how'd you like the episode was it thumbs up thumbs down oh i like the episode they're really good episodes oh it's like really nitpicking them to be like oh this is bad no it was a good episode Oh, I have something to, if you want to talk about nitpicking, I have a nitpick moment. And if Lauren was here, she'll be like, SP, I knew you were going to pick this up. So as the two, as Yo-Yo and May are leaving to go to Afterlife, they say that the Zephyr is going to stay on course to Afterlife because they're jumping along the way. So it's going to take them longer to get there. So they really need, and they only have so many minutes of flight. They only have 20 minutes of flight. So they really have to get closer to afterlife as they're going along so they say okay we set the coordinates in and we're moving towards afterlight yet when may and yo-yo disengage from the zephyr in the quinjet 
they don't just fly straight through where the Zephyr used to be. They actually turn about 45 degrees or so, maybe 60 degrees off to port. So the Zephyr was going in the wrong direction. So was the Zephyr not pointed in the right way to begin with? Is that a continuity break where the Quinjet should have been going straight, but they had the Quinjet fly off to the left just for visuals? How'd that happen? Didn't after they leave the Zephyr vanish? It did, but because it only has so much time, so much real time, like 20 minutes or less, they don't have any time to spare to go the wrong direction. They need to head straight towards afterlife. Well, perhaps it was a way for her to make sure that the Quinjet didn't get sucked into some sort of weird time thingy because the ship just left. It was an evasive maneuver. I thought it would be an evasive maneuver. Okay, I'll go with that. It's not what I would think, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah. So that was a nitpick moment and, you know, very, very, very fine nitpick, which Michelle just said, no, SP, you're wrong. Exactly. So there you go. All right. Next time, next Thursday, we're going to be discussing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 9. So the last single digit episode in the season, in the series, as I have always been. Looking forward to that one. Maybe we'll get fits. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So we're going to go, the two of us, since it's just the two of us, we're going to go. We got to go fix our time drive thingy so that we don't skip through life here and get on out of here. Thank you to all our listeners. Thanks again to everybody that was live tweeting with me last night that was special and we'll try not to make that happen again but if if we have to make it happen again i'll do it so thank you to all those twitter subscribers and everybody that retweeted and liked all my tweets last night thank you very much thank you very much to everybody that downloads the show and has left a review on apple Podcasts or pod chaser we really appreciate you so thank you very much for that yeah thank you to everyone who listens and downloads whether you've been with us since episode one or you've joined us for this last season of S.H.I.E.L.D., we really appreciate you. We do. So until next time, I'm Director SP. And I'm Agent Michelle. See everybody next week. Bye. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Don't touch your face. Social distance. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hey, Michelle. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. I guess we both had a little gear emergency over the past couple of weeks. Uh-huh.
Oh my God. These things are. They're like the silk velvet, aren't they? Yes. (laughs) I'm just like, what? These were available all along and I did not know it. (laughs) Oh, I know. But you had, you had no reason to change from what you had really. No, I mean, I can tell a different, like I, there's like more bass and I don't know, some richer tones, but my other ones were still good. Right. It was just someone decided to, uh, <laughs> make them not good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Unfortunately, mine, I don't know. Did I say something? My monitor, my right monitor, which is speaker in audio terms. So reference monitor, it blew. And I think it blew when I cycled the power wrong. Like I turned the mixer off first before I turned off the speakers. So it blew the right reference speaker. So I have a couple new ones and I'm just going to replace them plug and play because it's the same. It's same JBL. So all the connections are the same. I'm just going to take the old ones out and put the new ones in. But I'm going to do an unboxing first tomorrow and and get that but for a while i was listening to the the one speaker going man like the the plosives when i was editing were really bad so hey if you want to figure out where your plosives are where you're popping or whatever get a bad speaker because it will tell you exactly where they are yeah they will so i had to spend some money on that i wanted to go up in price but I don't know what sort of podcast studio I'm going to have here coming up. Oh, yeah. Because I signed the contract to redo all the windows on this wall. So the entire wall of the house on the outside is getting redone, putting all new windows in and then redoing the siding on that whole wall behind me because of various issues inside the house. Yeah, I know you can't see it because camera is not good enough to pick it out but all around that window the drywall has been just demolished by water damage so eventually i'm gonna have to get everything out i mean i could leave stuff in here and and ultimately i might but drywall dust gets everywhere so i don't want it to get everywhere in the equipment and stuff like that so i'll probably be moving all this stuff out before i do that it's going to be going somewhere else i don't know where I don't know if it'll be a temporary or a permanent installation, so we'll see. But I didn't want to buy a thousand dollar speaker, you know, both two thousand dollars worth of speakers, only to move them around and get banged up or whatever like that. I just want to install them and leave them there. So we'll see how long that all takes. Judging by my project record, it's going to take a while. Yeah. I've got this hankering to get back to the car now too, especially since all the real work is going to be done by somebody else. So I'm not installing new windows. I'm not putting new siding on. That's beyond my skill level. Yeah. Wow. Whole side of the house. Damn. It's expensive. It's $7,500. Like a new window normally in a normal house, a good new window will run you somewhere between 500 and a thousand, depending on how big it is. You know, they have some bigger windows that would be more along a thousand fifteen hundred but just a standard window it's going to be about two to five hundred dollars depending on what kind of deal you get something like that 
it's the siding that's really kicking my butt on this whole thing. We still don't know where the leaks are when it comes down to it. We just know that it's a combination of things and we have to take care of everything. So it's the only way to do it. Down to the final five. Oh my God. No. So talking about the final five, the Battlestar Galactica podcast that I listened to, mm-hmm. one of the hosts from that became my co-host for Voices of Defiance, Sean. So I had ripped the first day of the miniseries. It's got really bad audio. My VHS tape of the actual broadcast. It's got really bad audio. But I ripped it just so I could get rid of the tape. And the tape will continue to degrade, so it's only going to get worse. So this was like the moment of time saying, okay, this is going to be it. So I was, t- he contacted me out of the blue. Well, he messaged me about going to geek, whatever. So we started up this conversation. I said, oh, by the way, because he brought up BSG. And I said, oh, by the way, I have the miniseries of BSG that's been ripped from the, the initial broadcast. So if you wanted to see it commercials at all, he's like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I, I do not want to see anything to deal with Battlestar Galactica for the rest of my life. Wow. So remember the webisodes that were in between season two and season three? They put out little webisodes in between the seasons. Because I know you're a BSG fan, right? Yeah. That's been so long. I know. Well, there were just five minute webisodes, right? They did an hour and a half podcast on those. Wow. They really analyzed the crap out of those that just shows the level of commitment they did and then unlike us with arrow so in the off season with arrow we podcasted about legends of tomorrow Mm -hmm. we did a little bit but we didn't do too much into like character profiles and deep dives into all the comic book stuff for arrow and stuff like that right for starling tribune well they did that for battlestar galactica they did interviews of all of the major cast and I think they did not get Ronald D. Moore. I could be mistaken about that. I think they talked to David Icke, though, the co-producers of it. I'm trying to remember. I think they did. I can't remember. Anyway, so they did all of that. And this was back when podcasting had just started, so it wasn't like the norm to do all this sort of stuff. And he just got incredibly burned out on it and didn't want to do anything with it. So he's just over the show. But since you and I podcasted so long on Arrow, you kind of get where he's coming from. Yeah. I've been uh, put on a project to record. I, I, I like recording videos for lessons and stuff, and I'm getting a lot better at it. But they actually want some of the labs actually done. And so, like, all of my editing... I thought my um, extra webcam was better than it was. Mm-hmm. It is not. I did not realize it was like, I don't know, I guess like eight years old or whatever. So the picture was awful. A picture on my phone was much better. So I used, okay. I have a thing for my camera phone. Yeah. And I even bought a lavalier mic because when I'm demoing, I can't use this. Yeah, right. So I put that into my phone. It actually sounds pretty good. I actually got, it actually sounds pretty good. Oh, okay. But it's like, all these different tracks because I have to edit and then the audio. And I'm just like, how in the hell do I remember all this? 
how do I, I'm just like, it's like all this old film school, old video things and all that type of stuff. Just what program are you using? Camtasia. Okay. It's expensive, but it's worth it. I like how you can, you can separate the audio from the video track. Mm-hmm. And so I can immediately apply a noise um, remover on it and then like adjust the gain. So, I mean, I could, there's obviously a difference when I switch microphones, but it's still for having to do it ourselves. I feel for the other teachers who have no production experience because mm-hmm. the other teachers are just like, I don't know what to do. And then I have to edit. What, what do you mean? Edit. Like a lot of the teachers, they just don't know how to edit. And I just feel for them because we're not sending raw files to a professional editor. No, we have to do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. People just think you just, I think a lot of people are realizing you just can't flip on a video camera and do all this. It's like, no. People at my work think it's super cool that I do this. Oh, okay. And they were like, how do we listen? So I shared with my boss our Podchaser link and the YouTube playlist and let them know we're an Apple podcast and stuff. So Cool. Yeah, apparently my boss went, you know, I checked your YouTube list, the playlist, and she's like, you've done so many episodes. And it's like, yeah. And that's not all of them either. Yeah. So it's, she's just like, apparently her husband and son are really into Marvel and stuff. And she's like, I have no clue. <laughs> I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was designed for the people that had no clue. And I don't know yeah. if that was really well received or not, but I think they've done a good balancing <laughs> act with the whole thing. But that's great that your boss is, is listening. My boss could care less. Yeah. She asked me if, if she can share it with people in the newsletter that goes out to the team. And I'm like, sure. Yeah. Go for it. Hey. Free promotion. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I could see how that would be because you're distance learning, right? That's the core of mm-hmm. your business, yeah. right? I could see how that would be an actual benefit for professional development for people. Yeah. So they get an idea of you were talking about before video production skills, audio, and the way to interact with somebody on screen, the way to present information. I think, yeah. Yeah. Great. And we're a clean podcast. So we are. Yeah. So that I know that was safe to uh, share. Legends of Shield is copyright 2013 through 2020.